Our second scripture reading is found in Luke chapter 24. Uh, I'll be reading verses 13 through 35 in Luke chapter 24. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they still did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together, They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. David Lowe's describes them as possibly the three saddest words in all of Scripture. We had hoped. We had hoped. Our scripture from Luke that I just read a while ago is a famous passage entitled, The Walk to Emmaus. Two of Jesus' disciples were walking to this little village of Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, when Jesus himself joined them on the journey. Now, scripture indicates they were not allowed to recognize who he was at this point. We've talked about that. I, I don't understand that. I mean, we, and there are all kinds of theories about why they were not allowed to recognize him and some of the others weren't allowed to recognize him. Uh, and again, we've talked about it. But the bottom line is they couldn't. Hence, the sad words, we had hoped. So Jesus obviously notices that they are in deep discussion. And they, they must have really been sad and appeared very sad 
And so we ask them, you know, what's going on? What are y'all talking about? What are y'all in such, such deep discussion about? And so the one named Cleopas said, hey, you must be a newbie around here to not know what we're talking about. Are you kidding me? Where have you been? Might not have said it that way, but, you know, it's kind of, it's probably what the message said. And so they tell him. Oh, do they tell him of all the great times they had with this Jesus of Nazareth, his mighty words and deeds. And you just, we just kind of have to chuckle at the fact that they're telling Jesus all the things that Jesus did among them. And who knows how long it took for them to recount some of the life-changing experiences that they had had with him. But then they tell him about the unthinkable. Their very own chief priests and leaders had handed him over to be condemned and crucified? No way. And then the words, but we had hope. We had hoped he was the long-awaited Messiah who would restore Israel. We had hoped he would be the one to put Rome in its place. We had hoped he was starting something that he was going to be around to finish and that we would be there with him to finish. We had hoped. And with those words, Cleopas was admitting defeat. He was telling the stranger that all hope was lost. All they thought this prophet would bring in their lives was now gone. Their hope, in essence, had been misplaced. And yet, when Jesus came to stay with them, and their eyes were opened at the table that evening, hope was in fact restored. Los writes, Sometimes it's enough just to see Jesus or to hear of his resurrection or to be promised his presence, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes the move from doubt, fear, and grief to faith, hope, and love takes both the time it takes to walk from one town to another and the opportunity for an open and honest conversation. And then Lowe's poses the following questions. Can our congregations be places where that happens? Where there is time to mull over what we've heard? where we can talk over life experiences in the light of faith, where we can be honest about our disappointments and grief, where we sense the grace and patience to bear with and explore each other's questions. And those are some really good questions to ask ourselves. For the disciples on the road to Emmaus, the we had hoped was that Jesus was in fact the one to redeem Israel. Our hopes may come in different forms 
and might be about different things. Maybe we had hoped the diagnosis would be different. Maybe we had hoped the job would last longer. Maybe we had hoped the relationship would be better than it is. Maybe we had hoped our church had grown more. Maybe we had hoped fill in the blank. And although our hopes come in different forms, sometimes the we had hoped mentality is very real. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's where you find yourself today in a we had hoped mindset. And if so, I hope this scripture passage can be of comfort to you. A couple of things I would like for us to notice about the seemingly dashed hopes of those two disciples on that road to Emmaus. First, let us notice their pain from lost hope was very real and that pain was not in fact removed. Jesus listens to them describe the agony they had endured and think about it. Could there be a pain any worse than seeing the one you thought was the promised Messiah being tortured and put to death on a cross? Could there be a pain that is any worse than seeing this happen to him after all the miracles and healings and restorations that you saw him perform. I mean, you were there with him when those that could not see were now able to see, when those who could not walk could now walk. You were there with him when they lowered the man through the roof just to, just to see Jesus. And he says, get up and walk. You were there with him when the lady says, if I can just touch his garment, then he'll make me whole. You were there. You helped him. You were involved with all of this on a day-to-day -day basis for three years. Is there any pain that could be worse than seeing the one who had displayed all of this compassion being dealt with the way he had been? I don't think so. That pain was real, and it remained with them. I had a couple of doctor's appointments this past Thursday. I just decided to get all of my checkups done on one day. And one was, where's Sherry? One was with Dr. Hunt. It's my regular checkup where I go. And when they do blood work, Sherry has to come back and tell cheesy jokes to take my mind off of it. And it works like a charm every time, okay? And uh, this is my, this is my uh, yearly physical that's either every one year, two years, or three years, or whenever I decide that it's time you know, to go get a physical. When I exited 78 onto 309, I noticed that there is a massive road construction project taking shape. It appears what they are doing is straightening out a couple of these curves on the road, honestly, in the middle of nowhere. Now, I know the folks that live there would say, oh, no, but yes, it's in the middle. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's not like it's Goodman Road in South Haven. There's just not a whole lot of traffic that goes through there. And I thought to myself, is this really necessary? Do they really need to be? You know, these curves are not bad. 
You know, they've got character. But sometimes I think that's where we find ourselves in our world today. We want to straighten out all the roads and in essence pretend that the curves never existed. We want everything to be the straight and narrow, black and white, no gray, that we don't ever have to experience some of these curves. Well, folks, that's not the way life happens. And it certainly isn't the way life happened for these disciples. These disciples of Jesus had just been dealt a major blow, a huge curve in the road, if you will. And the realization that Jesus had, in fact, risen and was there with them did not erase the pain or the memory of the crucifixion. But Jesus' presence with them did something far more important. It restored their hope. Hope that transcended the circumstances in their lives. Hope that was a greater comfort to them then the worst part of their pain had been hurtful to them. They had a renewed hope. You know, the pains that we experience are very real too. And we have all kinds of pains, not necessarily the same kind of pain they experienced. For instance, so we, sometimes our pain is physical. I'm having this shoulder pain for the last three months. I'm finding this to be more the case the older I get the more physical pain that's there. Our health may not be what we hoped for. And, you know, that's going to happen to everybody unless you're a healthy person and get hit by a bus. I mean, eventually your health is not going to be what you hope for, okay? Sometimes our pain is emotional. Our decisions don't lead us down the path we had hoped for. Sometimes we search for that elusive peace of mind, but we don't necessarily find what we had hoped for. Sometimes our pain involves relationships, broken, injured, not the kinds of relationships we had hoped for. Sometimes our pain is economic, literally, too much month at the end of the paycheck. Or maybe our work situation isn't what we hoped for. Maybe our career path took a different path than we had hoped for. Sometimes our pain is spiritual. Maybe the spiritual journey on which we have embarked isn't what we had hoped for. And please know, our hope in Jesus does not take those pains and memories away any more than it took the pain of witnessing the cross away from those early disciples. But I would hope that our fellowship would always be a haven where we can identify the pains we are experiencing and know that we're all in this thing together, that it's okay and even healthy to identify, to name the pain we're experiencing and that brings me to the second thing I would like for you to notice about these two on that road to Emmaus. 
After Jesus allows them to identify the pain of their dashed hope, he listens to them. He doesn't leave them. In fact, he stays with them to bring that hope back to them. We're talking about a hope that is realized, that is true, that has defeated death, that is an everlasting hope. Speaking of hope, there are numerous articles written about those who survived the Nazi concentration camps during the Holocaust. The ones who survived those horrible conditions gave many indications of what it was that kept them going, and one of those indications was hope. And the authors of the studies are very quick to let us know that it didn't really matter how realistic the hope was, as long as that hope existed. The hope that one day their ordeal would be over. One day, maybe the next day, that door's going to open and they're going to tell us all this is over with, we can go home. And if it wasn't that day, maybe the next day or maybe the next day. Again, didn't matter how realistic the hope was, but just the fact that it existed. And of course, those that survived, that hope was realized. But, folks, the good news for you and for me is that our hope in Jesus Christ is not an unrealistic hope. It is very real and very present. And just as Jesus stayed with those early disciples in the midst of their pain, he stays with us as well. You see, whatever it is in your life, in my life, that gives us that we had hoped attitude, the risen Jesus both recognizes it and does not leave us to face it alone. Today we are observing the Lord's Supper, sometimes called communion. It's interesting to note that it wasn't until Jesus broke bread at the table with those two disciples that their eyes were opened and their hope was restored through communion with Jesus. Now, just as the pains we experience may be different than the pain of those early disciples, our communion is a different kind of communion. But no less significant for you see when we participate in communion we're bringing all of our pain all of our uncertainty all of our losses all of our disappointments before the Lord and when we do we can be assured that he restores the hope among us a hope that he is not only the risen Jesus but that he is with us and will never leave us. Let's pray. God, our Father, we can read about this and we can ponder it. Sometimes we can even pray about it. But, Father, sometimes when we are in the midst of pain, it is hard for us to recognize your presence with us. We are grateful, Father, that as a group of believers, we are able to lean on each other. 
We are able to share our experiences with each other, both the good and the bad, both the positive and the disappointments, so that we can be reminded that we're all in this together and that you're right in the middle of it with us. May we be reminded as we participate in communion this morning, not only that you are a risen Savior, but that you were with us even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, we ask everyone to participate. If you feel led to participate in the partaking of the Lord's Supper, please.